listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conklin. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Hey, friends. I don't want to hype up today's interview too much. I don't need to hype up today's interview too much, but I want to start with telling you this. Outside of my family and my closest friends, there is no one who has impacted my walk with God or my call to mission more than Beth Moore. So today we have an interview with her about her new book, Chasing Vines. I try not to talk too much about how much I love her. I tried to just ask her questions that will serve you guys well and help you hear her heart, not only regarding this message, but regarding being a woman on mission. And of course, I have to tell you, it's one of my favorite interviews we've ever done, if not my favorite ever. It's a blessing. She's a blessing. This book is already just wildly changing my life. I've been reading it over and over again since we got it in the late fall. It's my joy to bring you today's episode with Beth Moore. Friends, what an incredible treat we have today. We have the Beth Moore, and I am so incredibly grateful for you. Hey, I'm going to do this quick, and we're going we're gonna to get it out of the way, and then we're going to move on. But, Miss Beth, this is the first time we're meeting and hi. I know it is, Jess. I'm so happy to meet you. But I, I am so happy you, to meet you. Listen, you have been leading me, teaching me for decades, and I'm so crazy grateful. I first did Breaking Free in 2001, and my heart got wow. home when I was in college. I started going to Living Proof Lives with my mom and my sister, and um, I have to tell you, just most recently, my husband and I lead a church here in Charleston, South Carolina, and most recently, my mom, who goes to our church, led about 12 of us through Entrusted. We just you finished. are kidding me, no. Jess. We just finished about four weeks ago, but after session four, this is my most recent, just my most recent, thank God for Beth Moore story, just recently, just a few weeks after session four, we finished, we turned off the video, and I looked straight at my mom, who has just been one of the best disciples God could have ever given me and this kingdom, and I said, I, you got to baptize me again. I got, I, we got to go get baptized <laughs> because yes. God used that study in just such an incredible way. I, so I can't, uh, we don't have time and it's not, that's not why we're here today, but I need you to know God has used you and your work and your words so incredibly in my life. And so I greet you on behalf of the Go and Tell Gals podcast, but also on behalf of my mom, Deb, and my sister, Katie, because we've been reading your words and doing your Bible studies together for decades. And specifically, Jesus at Bright City, who just got to go through it, trust me. I have the biggest lump in my throat. And for so many reasons from what you've just said, but one of them is because I just want to recapture that little part that your mom... yeah was the best discipler of your life. Yes. Somebody needs to hear that. Yeah. And that she led that small Bible study and that you yeah. were humble enough to be in it at this oh, point in your own ministry life and to receive something fresh from the scriptures. I, I honestly, I could cry about that on so many levels. 
I, I cannot even tell you what it means to me that we are seeing this multi-generational yeah. work among women. And I, I just cannot cheer it on enough. Yeah. Uh, there is a place for everyone in it. Yeah. Both generations need the other. And <clears throat> you guys are living that. I, I, am, I am moved by that. Well, we are so grateful for how you've played a part in it. And when she did end up baptizing me in, you know, the 40 degree weather in the pool, it was just a magical moment. I'm just going to believe you were right there with us in the spirit. No, you just, you went to the pool. I, I just, I don't, it, yes, my mind is firing on so many levels right now. What I do know it, at some point, and I don't even have a podcast, not, no, I mean, I do where messages are concerned that I've taught, but I don't have this kind of interview podcast. And I'm going to tell you right now, I wish I did because now I would want to interview you <laughs> because I know right now you have got a story I wish I could hear. Listen, one day, one day, maybe in heaven, we'll, we'll do it all, but I'm just so grateful for you. Oh, but my pleasure. this book, Chasing Vines, goodness gracious, what a gift. So I want to just immediately jump in and talk about it. And specifically, one interesting question that I have having just finished Entrusted, now it's been out for a few years, so I'm a, yes. I'm a little bit late, but what's so interesting to me is the connection between the two books and specifically the idea that when you know what you've been entrusted with, that leads to an immensely fruitful life. I love that. And you know, I had not put that together, but you are so right because what you'll find, God, of course, I love thinking of Jesus in his earthly life as a carpenter because his thing was building, 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 and it's still he's building his yeah. church. And we find that in his own, and I'm talking about Christ's own discipleship of us, Jess, of his, of his sons and his daughters, as he leads us along and as he disciples us in the faith through his word, through walking with him, he's always building on the last thing, always mm. building us up in the things of the spirit. So uh, you're you're absolutely right. They would connect in that way in that whatever has been that we would protect. And I'm thinking of second Timothy chapter yes. one, where he says, protect that good thing that has been entrusted to you through the Holy spirit who dwells within us. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody's going to read this book. I can't wait for them to do it, but I want them to hear if they're listening to this podcast, they have got to hear, and I've got to hear you talk with your own mouth about the vineyard because I love the way you talk about things that you love and you love the vineyard and you love grapes. Let me, I, I love that you said, I love me some grapes. And here's what I want to say, because what I have had the privilege to do, so this is, oh goodness, very close to 30 years of active writing. And I do mean it is probably the, the most consistent job that I have. And I speak on a regular basis, but day in, day out, if you were just talking about hours spent with what, uh, probably writing is the biggest part mm -hmm. of, of what I do. And I have had the privilege, just bar none, in every major project to have always written on not what someone told me to, mm -hmm. but what God was stirring in my own heart. Mm -hmm. And this was no exception because it takes so much perseverance to work on a major project. I'm, I'm thinking of a, a book right now because it happens to be what we're, we're talking mm -hmm. about and to see it through that if it's not your 
something that God has stirred within you, you will not have yeah. what it takes to get to the end no because it takes so much hanging in there when you don't feel that day as inspired as you did the day before in your spirit or whatever mm -hmm. it may be. But I loved this so much and didn't see it coming. And in a nutshell, I was on a trip with my daughters in Italy, a bucket list trip that we had planned for years and finally came to fruition. And I've not even really thought through, I, I, I run so fast and, and slide by the seat of my pants so often in my life that I had only thought about how I was going to love being with Amanda and Melissa. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure I would have cared where it was. We chose Italy because it was just the best that we place we could possibly think of, but I would have enjoyed them 20 minutes from my house or in South America or in Right. Uh, Canada, it wouldn't have mattered where it was. But so I didn't think through our surroundings all that much. I just thought how I was going to love being with them. And we stayed a couple of days in Tuscany, in rural Tuscany, out in the hills, out in the vineyards. And I, I just had not thought through what it would be like. And Jess, when I say I was mesmerized, as God would have it, we, we could not have planned it this way had we tried. But as God would have it, where our little inn was placed in the middle of the these hills and hills as far as I could see, vineyard after vineyard after vineyard, they were at the very end of the harvest season, clipping the last couple of clusters. Mm. And the whole, all of a sudden, I was staring in the face of John chapter 15, which, which I've loved for, for my entire adult life. And how many times have I brought up in messages? I have no idea. But suddenly the whole thing was blown open and I began to study it and could not come to the bottom of it. I mean, I found that there, there were the whole idea of being fruitful and multiplying. It literally starts in Genesis and you have references to the, the, the fruit of the vine all the way through Revelation. So it, I was absolutely awestricken by it. And I began to see how layered this gorgeous metaphor that he chose this teaching to yeah. be that final profound, this will be the word that will carry you on the night of his arrest. And what would be the 24 hours that would lead to his death on the cross for us? I mean, it was just like, boy, was it intentional. I mean, it was not just some little like just haphazard, this is what he just happened to think of, but so profoundly significant all the way from the root to the fruit. And girl, it I, to this day, I, I wrote the last word of it and spoke the last word of it just, just here in the last couple of months. But I will tell you, I don't, it's still not finished in my mind. It was that kind, it was romance to me. I mean, he romanced me with the fruit of the vine in that wow. metaphor. Wow. You guys are going to, you're going to feel the same way. Once you get through this book, you're going to see grapes everywhere. I'm seeing them everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you just, you know what I think is so important to both of us that drove me through this message. When you have the gift of teaching, I, I think that that's what it's about. I, I, I'm assuming that, uh, that it's what would make it a little bit different. Yeah. When you have the gift of teaching, when you learn something that you find so encouraging, so upbuilding in your spirit, or so key to freedom in Christ, or, or such a part, such an effective part of your approach to intimacy with God, or the spiritual disciplines, any, let me just put it in a nutshell, anything that works, then 
you can't keep it to yourself. I think that's right. a teacher in us that we have to tell it that this is, I don't know, but this has worked for me. See if, if it works for you. I want people to prosper in Christ because he has been life to me yeah. and I want them to, to find that in him. And here's what I know. And what I love about these passages is that I feel like they're across the board. I feel like it's a promise yeah. that, that Jesus followers, that if we don't have to be the the most skilled people in our sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. We don't have to have the most powerful voice, the, the best phrases to weave together. We don't have to be a certain way or a, a certain gender. What he's saying is, listen, Jesus followers, if you will abide in me, mm -hmm. live your life in me, conscious of me, letting nothing cut off the energy force of my spirit from me to you. I'm going to make you a promise. Your life may not always be fun, but I will promise you it will be immensely fruitful yeah. and it will last for eternity. And, you know, I just, I don't know where we, else we can get a promise like that. You want your life to mean something? He's making a promise Yes, a promise that our lives will mean something if we abide in him. Mm, so good. I, I want you to touch on that, what you just said about it may not be fun. Right. right. <laughs> and right. speak to the difference between an immensely fruitful life mm -hmm. and an enjoyable life. Okay. I, I do want to do that because I, before anybody drops off our podcast and goes, that's just not what I want to hear. I want them <laughs> to hear me out on this because here, here's what I want to say. I want to complete this thought. No, life may not always be fun. And let's just put it in these terms, may not always be enjoyable, mm -hmm. but it can always be fruitful. But here's what I want to say. And this is where you need to stay with me. Never minimize the power of a fruitful life to also circle back to joy. Yeah. And I did, I, it's everything I do not to stop and repeat those words again, please hear what we're saying. So no, it, it's not always joyful, yeah. but the fruit of a life does return and circle back around to joy. Never minimize that because when right. I'm looking back, I'm 62 and because I have been in an active relationship with Jesus Christ since childhood, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot, been through a lot. I come from a very dark past mm -hmm. and just a very, you know, just cyclical defeat. Um, what I mean by that, if my words aren't clear, there is cycling in and out of it for so much of my young life mm -hmm. until I could learn how the power of the spirit through the power of the word uh, could be used by Christ to set me free. So man, have I been through a lot of experiences. And just because I'm in the ministry that I'm in, I've also seen a lot of lives and, mm. and, and heard a lot of testimonies. And there's so much pain involved in living on this broken planet. But I'm going to tell you something. When we see that God has used what we felt like was our worst disaster, our worst defeat, our deepest time of darkness. When we realize that out of that, that through time, remember that fruit is always something that involves time. Mm -hmm. It means that it's going to go into the unseen. It's going to be in the soil or it's going to be in that bud where we cannot see. It's always going to take time. But that on the other side of that, then that fruit begins to be born and suddenly man, that mattered. And 
if we were obedient to see it through with him, that there is, listen, if there's not joy in what we've been through and often in coming through a dark season, there's not, let me yeah. tell you where my joy comes from. My joy comes from the fact that Jesus did not let the devil have me in that Come situation. On. Yeah. That the devil has to be faced with seeing me at the table in Psalm 23. He anointed my head with oil, as the psalmist said. He sat me at his table before in the presence of my enemies. Mm -hmm. That there, that the enemy was defeated, and mm -hmm. he did not stop the fruit from um, from being born through that situation. That in itself, I don't have to rejoice over the season that I. Uh, that I went through, I can rejoice that I did get through it. Oof, that's good. That's so good. And I got to take it back to entrusted because one of my favorite Bible teachers just told me that heaven is going to be so great. So, we're not going to have to process what happened on no, earth. No, no. <laughs> so we're not even going to be no. up there counting the hardship of like, oh, we're, and then we're I sacrificed. Not. No, no. We're not going to sit up there and think, well, I don't know. I still don't know if it was worth it. I love, I'm sure this came up in that study. I love Romans 8, 18. And somebody needs to hear it that's listening to us today that God promises that the sufferings of this present time will not even be worthy to be compared with mm -hmm. the glory that he is going to reveal to us and in us. And yeah. I have to know that because men we're seeing a lot of suffering. I've got a really good friend who's losing a parent very slowly to cancer right now and, and so many devastations. And we've got to know that by the time God can make that kind of promise that absolutely nothing will be able to be compared with it, Jess, it's going to be good. That's so good. We are going to live happily ever after. Yeah. We are. That will yeah. be our reality. Amen. It's around that time again where we are having another Go and Tell Gals event. We are really excited to announce that we are having our second ever live event here in Charleston, South Carolina. We are calling it Inhale, Exhale, and it's going to be a night of worship and teaching and wild encouragement for women who are running on mission. Tickets are just $50, and Charleston is a really fun place to find yourself for a girl's weekend. So run to our website, get your ticket, grab some friends, and we'll see you on March 20th in Charleston for Inhale, Exhale. So here's one big question I have for you. The book is about having an immensely fruitful life. I cannot yes. suggest women reading it enough. I know that, well, today happens to be Thursday, and I know that you are going to do a lot of beautiful and fruitful things. You're going to be on a bunch of other podcasts today. You're going to talk about this incredible message, and that is good and holy work, but I'd be willing to bet that there are other more fruitful parts of your life that are smaller and more quiet and more private, and so I'm wondering if you would tell us what an immensely fruitful, normal Thursday looks like. Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah, for me, it means starting my day in the quiet of his presence. I think fruitful to me is that as little as possible in my day is going to cut me out of an awareness of his presence, 
of the life of his spirit. Mm -hmm. For me, fruitful means that I've heard from him through his word. One of the things that I love to do, Jess, I don't know if this is meaningful to anyone else, but if you ask me one of my favorite things to discuss at a table, what I love to discuss back and forth with believers, particularly that have been in it enough to have established some approaches and habits. I just love to hear what does your own pursuit of him look like? Not, yeah. not your bigger study life, but your right. own pursuit of him. And one of the things that I love in case this just happens to ring the bell of intimacy in somebody else's heart. I love to get up early in the morning to be with him and go into the, I just go into my kitchen, sit at my kitchen bar with on a stool, but the lights are all off in the room. I use a very small light that is just on my Bible and my journal and the rest of the room is black. And I'm sitting close to windows where before that hour is over, I'm gonna see the sun start to come up in between those trees. I live out in the woods, but that in that place, before anybody in the world can speak over me, to me, at me, Mm -hmm. or talk about me, that the voice of God through scripture has spoken over me and I have quieted myself in his presence. And that one little light on nothing but the word of God, that I'm just going to tell you fruitfulness, we are never going to be more publicly fruitful in a way that lasts. Now we might yeah. be in popularity. I'm talking about in a way that's going to last. And John 15 talks about fruit that is going to last. We will never be more publicly fruitful than we're going to be in our own private time with him. So, yeah. and that's where it happens for me. If I'm mm. talking about him all day, but I hadn't been talking to him. If my mouth's overshooting my, uh, my the state of my own relationship with him mm -hmm. that, that kind of stuff means nothing mm -hmm. and you know all of us are so i'm so fallible and so flawed but i know <laughs> i'm just i know where my help comes from yes. yeah. and it comes from the lord and I, for me it comes early yeah so good so the Go and Tell Gals podcast is for all women running on mission. We've got stay-at-home moms listening. We've got yes. women in the workplace. We've got women who work in churches. We have baristas and hairstylists and every type of woman listening that you can imagine. And they're all running on mission in some way. They're all asking God what he's given them to use for the good yes. of others and his glory. But they're all facing challenges. And I find so many of us just think, our challenges are the hardest or, yes. or, or we're yes. facing them alone because we're, we're doing something wrong or something must not be working. And so I'm wondering if you would just share a challenge you're facing in this season of mission and how God is meeting you in it. Oh, I, I would be so happy to. I'll bring it into the home because I think to see it, to be able to relate in really personal circumstances where we realize that it's when we walk back through our front door mm -hmm. that so often that's where the rubber's going to meet the road. How do I live it outright here? And, you know, in my family, 
Keith and I, my, Keith is my husband, and we both came from really, really broken families, and for two completely different reasons. I come from a background of childhood sexual abuse. Keith comes from a background of tragedy, mm-hmm. of a crisis. He uh, and his little, and his older brother, uh, they were both just little bitty boys, were in uh, a fire when they uh, were very small and his brother only lived a few days and so they they come out of tragedy and all of that moved in the same home and so Keith and I were both in pretty stable relationships when we met one another this was in college and we fell in love and just hopped straight into marriage I mean it was a 14 months later but we I mean dropped everything else and moved straight yeah. into marriage and two very different people trying to navigate uh, life together that was not really well thought through, but here we are. Mm-hmm. And so those have been great challenges and some even in the last couple of years with some health crises and some mm-hmm. things that have gone on. And uh, right there is where I have had to trust God. And so was he in the day to day day making it just thinking I'm not gonna make it I'm not gonna make it and just knowing like no God is so faithful and he is right there and one of the things I'd so want to tell women listening to us today that is so connected to the whole metaphor of vine and and branch we talk about in the book the importance of place that what what is called terroir in the book and in viticulture and it is in our metaphor, this placement of God where we are. And when you were talking about baristas and you were talking about people, that were, whether you're working in a, a salon, whether you are out in, in some kind of formal ministry, if you're homeschooling your kids, here's what I want you to know, wherever he has placed you, that is rich soil for producing much fruit. I mean, if it is good, sound, ethical work, good, sound, ethical effort. You are in a place where your life is meant to bear much fruit. And I just think it's so critical to know all of us are going to go home to all manner of challenges. It's always going to be hardest to live authentically from behind our front doors. But I'm going to tell you something, God will meet us there. And one of the things we have to have, Jess, I think about this a lot with the fruit of the vine is that it grows in clusters. We need each other so badly. If we don't say that we have challenges, if we in leadership are not willing to own the fact that marriage has been hard for us, that maybe somebody listening to us has a special needs child and and she's thinking, I I don't know how I'm going to do it. I've been praying this morning for a mother of several special needs children who lost her spouse Mm -hmm. in a tragedy about nine months ago. And I don't know what it may be that's pressing on you that makes you think you're not going to make it. But I'm going to tell you something. You got a God who is there and who brings help to us, not only in ways that feed our spirit, but in ways that also to help change our circumstances and bring provision in time of need. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Well, we are crazy excited about this book. We are incredibly grateful for you, for your ministry and for you fighting the very, very, very good fight for so many of us women and men right now in this generation and the generations to come. So Miss Beth, how can we pray for you as you're heading into this season of launching this beautiful book into the world? 
I'll tell you that because I'll tell you one personally and then one corporately. What I'm asking God to do with this book for anybody that reads it, I mean it. I I decided to pray big because I thought, what is it you really want to happen here? What I am asking God for and why not? Because this would be his will. If we can figure out what his will is in any situation, we can pray it uh, believing and believe that he's going to bring it to pass. But I am praying that every person that reads it will have a remarkable increase in their own fruitfulness, whether they are very fruitful already, that they're seasoned believers and in, mm-hmm. in Christ have been serving him a long time, or whether they are brand new to the whole thing and really don't even know him. Then for mm-hmm. that learning about how much he loves us through the pruning process and and what he has in mind when it seems like he's cutting us back and yet it's to make us grow yeah. in, in our trust, whatever it may be, that he would use it to increase their fruitfulness. It's, it's base. It's steeped in the word of God and God's word never returns voice. So I would ask you that it would be effective that God would use the book to yeah. help increase the fruitfulness of every single reader. But Then for me, Jess, I want to make it home with my eyes on Jesus. And I, I'm, I, I'm not trying to be um, hyper-spiritual here. I'm telling you the truth as well yeah. as I know to tell it. I yeah. got into ministry because I loved Jesus. And mm. that is the way I want to see it through. I've never had to fake it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there haven't been days that I haven't thought, okay, yeah. like, whoa, try to pull <laughs> yourself together. So, but I'm saying in the overarching calling of God on my life, I've never had to fake my passion for mm-hmm. the word or the fact that I was in it for him. And I just, I don't want anything to get in between Jesus and me. Nothing, not even a good thing, not even a noble thing. I want Jesus and I want him to be what motivated me and drove me every day of my life until I get across that finish line. And for that to be true, he has to do it. It has to be a supernatural work. We don't have it in us. So man, that's what you can pray for me. I just, nothing would distract me from him. Let it be, God. We will join you in praying those, both of those good things. Miss Beth, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yes, you are fun. I would do this again in a heartbeat. (laughs) Well, I'll hold you to it. Next book or whatever we can make it happen. I, my mom and my sister and I both say like, one day we're going to show up at that that prayer time on Tuesday. You, you let me know if you are <laughs> ever in this area. I will host you and be so glad to have you. That you will know you have had a visit to living. <laughs> yes, thank you. Bless thank you and all you. you do. Thank you, thank you. We're so grateful for you. Thank you. Bye bye.